cliffcentral.com. Welcome to the Futurology Show, proudly brought to us by MTN Business and B2 is back. Hello, Brett. Hey, how you doing, man? Okay, and you? Excellent, excellent. Good, good, good. Glad to be really? back. I, you know, I was going to miss you last week. That's why I had to bring in a guest co-host. Oh, yes. I mean, it's like, it's just not nice being up front by yourself anymore. <laughs> kind of got like you see. You like, turn around, you're like, what? Oh. Yeah, it's like that, like that little little body image thing that you have. That's kind of like embarrassing to some, <laughs> but you kind of need it. It's there. You're like there. You I'm might, not that awkward growth on the side of your body. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about your um your your trip uh, last week. Or yes, before just oh, two now. weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. Um, but, uh, I'd hate to, I'd hate to break tradition and I'm going to go into Apple Week. And in fact, that's awesome. This app I yes. found while you were away, which okay. I wish I'd found before you were away because it's called Airport by oh, cool. Flio, F L I O. And what it basically does is, um, it kind of makes you a VIP at an airport anywhere in the world. So it will automatically connect you to the free Wi-Fi. Yeah, you It'll were too preoccupied you. with organizing a strip search or a cavity search before <laughs> I left. So. I didn't do it. No, thank you. It, it didn't happen. <laughs> I must say I probably did give it five minutes of thought <laughs> like, Mr. Lindsay, please come this way. And then you'd hear that <laughs> of the rubber glove. <laughs> and it's not a prostate check, buddy. <laughs> so back to airport yes. um, Airport basically will give you Discount vouchers Or tell you what's going on inside the airport um, You know if you're a frequent traveler But you're traveling to different airports This is quite a cool tool um, cool. I mean you went to quite a few airports oh, no? yeah, You went no. different countries to Correct. Oslo, everywhere, yeah. So instead of like trying to find A free Wi-Fi network Probably in French And then trying to connect to it And finding you can't Yeah this basically facilitates Well, that. you can for about 90 minutes and then they toss you Do they still – it's so weird, hey, yeah. in this world that we live in now that they still limit you in a place like that where you're stuck yeah. for hours. It's just – I think the, the, we were talking about it and it's, it's the churn of people coming through. So let's keep the bandwidth unbottled and stuff. They kind of keep churning Yeah, you. I suppose so because so of contention. That, yeah. was, that was what I did to console myself for the fact and the 91st minute of me losing <laughs> – the 91st minute. I was like, damn it. And do you have the option to buy, though? I mean, at least you, you can. You do, but who does? Yeah, uh, exactly. I was surprised, though. Always on is everywhere. Really? Huh? Well, oh, no, they were partner, in most though. Remember, they use like a partner channel deal. But that worked really, really well because I've got the Always On app on my phone. And okay. I've subscribed to Always On. And they've, uh, I've got, obviously, data available. And get to Charles de Gaulle, get to Skip On. Yeah, hey, there's an Always On network. Well, that's my pretty jumping cool. up and down, freaking out, saying, you can use me. That was, well, that was great, yeah. That is good. So this is something I know you've been waiting for. Um, but Swift Playground officially lost, launched last week. Oh, that yeah? was that app. Remember we saw back in February or March on for kids to teach them how to code and go beyond a little dinosaur dude Swift. running around. So that came out last week in amongst the whole plethora of Apple's releases. Yes. And if you listened uh, to last week's show, I know you did. You can lie. You're on air. You probably should. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're I was a solid maybe on that I, one. I, I was, <laughs> okay. So you didn't listen to the show. Brick. <laughs> Mike, if you're listening, um, there's a co-host chair that's playing <laughs> available right now. Um, look, I haven't, I haven't downloaded Swift yet. Um, but I, I must say that I, the only reason I haven't mm. is because I know that Kate and I are going to sit and just start coding. I'm yeah. actually going to do any it's work. It's an Apple version of Minecraft, basically. Pretty much. It looks pretty similar. In fact, that's a good enough reason to bloody do it. Okay, cool. Yeah. So what did release yesterday uh, was OS Sierra. So I must say that out of all the OS builds for Mac, guys, if you don't know OS by now, probably listening to the wrong show. The operating system for Apple is OS. Um, well, operating system as a whole. Mm. But basically, this last one we've had, this El Capitan, hasn't done it for me. I must be on some of my other devices. I you never know, like even upgraded. You like how the mouse cursor gets bigger when you wiggle it around? That's the... Google. 
That's oh, yeah. actually Chrome and Google's thing. Um, but Sierra released officially yesterday. Um, you know, there's always little things. Now messages will start to bring information. You can see who you're meeting on LinkedIn, map data, blah, blah, blah. I think though the real big thing that everyone was excited about is that Siri is now on your MacBook. Yeah. So it's not just on your phone. You can actually talk to your computer. It's going to be pretty awkward when uh, your significant other is sitting in the other room and you're busy talking to yourself. And like, can you imagine the conversation? So tell me, where where can I go to eat tonight? And you have from this other room, I don't know. What do you, it's like, I'm not talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> Who the hell are you talking to? One of, the, one of the joys of when you're traveling, you do get to see these guys that are like, they're either technophobes trying something for the first time or they're just strange people. But there was a guy waiting for a tram in Amsterdam, and he's busy using Siri to ask her questions. But Siri is not understanding anything. This guy is is persistent. But eventually, I had to walk away. I was laughing so hard. I was like, this guy, was he was trying with Siri over and over again, and she just wasn't computing. Well, I've just tried Siri apps His accent was very on broad, iOS though, so. 10. It says Siri apps or Siri suggested apps, yeah. which obviously looks at your frequent used apps. And WhatsApp is there. So I held down the Siri button, and I said – open WhatsApp because I thought that's what it does. Okay. Oh, yeah. So first of all, the time it takes for that little Knight Rider type light thing running <laughs> at the bottom, um, yeah, it's, it's just easier to open WhatsApp. And then it didn't. It comes back and it goes, I'm sorry, Brett. I don't know. You don't have WhatsApp. May I suggest the app store? And I'm like, <laughs> are you freaking serious? Anyway, it's not Apple bashing. It's Apple praising. Yeah. Now, the Sierra, the, the Sierra download is just short of five gigs. So, guys, wow, you can we'll take a clean uh, – normally they require an eight-gig um, flash drive. But you can take a clean drive into any Apple store, and they normally give it to you at no problem. They just plug it in. They download it for you, so you don't have to kill your precious data. Um, I never have a go at Microsoft, but did you hear what I just said? You can go into any Apple store and get it for free. Did you hear it, Fred? For yes, free. For free. For free. Go Yours for, for free, not by a certain awesome. date. Free. Anyway. As long as you take a flash stick, which you can probably buy at the Apple store. Yeah, but even if you didn't, the fact you can download yourself for free. For free. Um, I don't free? remember getting Windows 10 for free. Well, you did for a period of time, and they warned you if you don't, it's, you're going to pay. I don't think we had much of a choice. I turned on one computer, and it was... Uh, it was actually linked to a sound desk during a live event once, and the computer just did its own update. And all of a sudden, it came back, and we were on Windows 10. But and you're like, why? <laughs> never mind the entire live show that we were actually queuing off the system oh, at the time. Nice. So I was like, thanks, Windows. Yeah, you, that was great. You rock. <laughs> oh, you're a lot politer than I am. Um, so our message had some really cool little features come. I don't know if you've seen on your phone that you can like send kisses and hearts and all kinds of like animated images within the app. Yeah. The other thing was the keyboard. If you start typing like books little emoticon for books will actually appear as oh, well. I haven't so you can actually that. start using emoticons. Oh, cool. But um, the, my funnest, awesomest thing was rock, paper, scissors. You can now actually play <laughs> rock, paper, scissors against someone in iMessage. Oh, that's crazy. So that was quite fun. So like this is you, on iOS 10, hey? Yeah, on iOS 10, on the new 10, iMessage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, on a bit more of a serious note, um, there was a, an attempted scam this week um, on Facebook. Mm. So this lady jumps on Facebook to slate a bank. I was actually going to say who the bank is, but it makes a difference. I yeah. mean, it's it's just good that it was handled the way it was. So she jumps onto Slater Bank and uh, about their reward system, and uh, she gets a reply back from someone with a friend request. Okay, now for the more savvy, you know that's not going to happen. Mm. Um, so this reply comes back saying, "Sorry about that. How can we help you?" And starts engaging and asking questions like. What was the last three transactions you did? How many accounts do you have what is linked? Your pin number? <laughs> no, didn't go that brazen, but kind of going that way. Anyway, where the bank does redeem itself is they picked up that, on this somebody's phishing. and they phoned her. 
They said, this is a phone call from the fraud department. We're just letting you know, we would never, ever do anything like this. We would never engage with you in a personal friendship way. Um, so guys, to the listeners out there, the, you know, the, this lady nearly gave away the keys to everything. All right. The bottom line is, don't put your stuff on social, first of all. Don't air your dirty laundry on social. We've all seen lots of exercises in that in that space. Hi, Margaret. How are you? Um, but more importantly, no bank or financial institution or anyone that's going to require any kind of sensitive information is ever going to ask you to do it over Facebook. They're never going to send you a link in an email to click and open. And you know, So, guys, just yeah, think before you click. I think that's kind of the message. The good news is it was resolved. The lady didn't lose any money. Um, but it could have really ended uh, the bad way. That's awesome. Um, okay, so I, I mentioned airport, and then like, voila, in one of the little po- um, podcasts that I follow. to Samsung now? No. Oh, I know where you're going. Note 7's the bomb. <laughs> no, it's not. It's so hot, <laughs> you can't get your hands on it. <laughs> <laughs> so flying around Paris and Amsterdam and, and Norway, yeah. they, it, it gradually got into more severity. Each new flight we took, the, the, the message before they closed the door. So like, like if you have a Samsung if you have a Note 7, you can put it into flight mode now, and that's fine. You can use it in flight mode. If you have a Galaxy Note 7, please turn it off right now and put it in the parts in front of you. No problem. We're like, that's weird. Why would they pick on the Note 7s? So yeah. At the time, I hadn't even heard. Oh, right. Okay. But we're hearing this on the plane for the first time. Like, that's strange. The next flight, they're like, if you have a Galaxy Note 7, turn that sucker off, stick it in your bag, close the overhead locker, don't get up to even touch it during the flight. <laughs> By the time we got to Norway, they were if like, "If you have no sim, get the, off the plane." It was kind of like dearming the civilian populace. It was it was like, "If you have a Note Seven, put your hand up now, walk slowly to the front of the plane, put it in a bag. It'll be held in a locker, and then we'll give them back to you when we land." And it was like, "Wow, this this shit's getting serious." Yeah, you know, I I don't really have a reason to knock Samsung as a brand. I really no, don't. But when I stuff mean, starts they, exploding, exploding, that that's been serious, hey? That's been really, really serious. <clears throat> Excuse me. So. Um, yeah, I wasn't actually going to knock them, but um, You're yeah, <laughs> guys, I hope you get over it. I hope the next phone yeah. you you come out with, you didn't make the battery. Maybe find a vendor like Apple uses, use yeah. their batteries, and then fly with it for a while. But you know the thing with with Android as a whole, Brett, yeah. they heat up. These phones mm. heat up, which actually means. Android or Google or Alphabet or whatever needs to go back to their kernel and look at their processors, you know, and say, well, something hold on doing an infinite loop or something. Yeah, I mean, if you run, if you had to run like a YouTube video for five minutes on an iPhone, on a Windows phone, and on an Android phone, brand irrelevant. Yeah. I guarantee you now that the hottest phone will be the Android phone. Yeah. The Windows phone, even though I mean, I, I give them their, their their due when it is due, that will run cool, and the Apple phone will run cool. So, they guys, Android actually needs to look at. Um, they actually need to look at their system. Yeah. Anyway, what I was getting to those Google has come out with a thing called Google Trips. Yes. Okay. So it's not like when you're walking and you're carrying your Samsung Note and you trip. <laughs> no, I'm bashing <laughs> them. You see what you've done to me? Um, but basically, it gives you everything that you need for your best holiday ever. Yeah. That's kind of how they've worded it. And they, it, what I really love about it, it's online and offline. Mm. That is so critical in this day and age because we're so data heavy. Um, I mean, with our sister station now with Touch, we've got yeah. the Data Must Fall campaign going. Yeah, you know, fantastic. Yeah, it is fantastic. But the point is, is that data is the new bloodline. Oh, so yeah. they've actually identified that. They've said, cool, you can go offline. But they, 
in typical Google fashion, though, they're kind of playing in everyone's backyard. They're doing the Zomato. They're mm-hmm. doing the Yelp. They're kind of mm-hmm. bringing all that into one app. They just want you to stay. You know, like you're yeah. here, stay. That whole stickiness. Yeah. And, I mean, Facebook's now doing the same thing as well. But it is a cool app. Um, I haven't I think, traveled anywhere that I need I to use it. I think there's a fine line between sticky and icky. It kind of like feels like they are playing in everybody's playground. But they are playing in everyone. That's like, what they're doing. And they're not, they're not embarrassed about but we, it. We said this when they did their, uh, their World Com- Conference. Um, that they seem to like be picking up other people's ideas and saying, well, we're Google, we'll just do it. And it's like bombing everybody else's opportunities. It's like, well, you talk about this open collaborative world and yet you're trouncing everybody. Because, I mean, that sounds very much like TripIt. So I use TripIt when I travel. I haven't tried that. So TripIt does pretty similar thing. The only difference is there's no contextually aware uh, information. So it's not going to propose the best Italian restaurant in my location right now. It will tell me where the next train is coming from. Which is quite useful. That is quite useful. But uh, yeah, it was nice to see that they've done it. So well done. They kind of caught up to trip it. But uh, it'd be interesting to to get that onto the phone and see what it does. Yeah. No. Well, uh, you know, available just, for iPhone. Of course, I'm sure. I mean, that that is one thing that I do respect yeah. about Google is that they're they open cards. I mean, they might get more features and that on Android, and they favor their Nexus device and that. But they do. If you're if you're a Google user, they don't look at you as. A, remember, their whole thing is about the single pane of glass. So they don't actually look at it from the hardware point mm. of view. If you're a Google user, that's what Google has for you. Yeah. you know, Google loves you. Or Giphy, what Google is your friend. <laughs> um, okay, so I was going to go VR and AR, but yes. we have to actually jump in and go straight to the GoPro drone karma launch yesterday. The five. Yeah, yeah but, and the drone awesome. and wood. They were at IBC, actually. Now, well, that, that's what I was thinking. Uh, hopefully, in fact, Mark Flax asked, us, asked yeah. me earlier. Um, how do they keep that thing waterproof? Where do the memory cards go and that, that sits within this drone environment and this Magic. new, f- yeah. did, did you go to the stand? Did you see anything to be on honest, the five? We, we, we had a really busy schedule while we were there for the whole week. Uh, walked past the GoPro stand. Oh, okay. Um, they, they weren't, yeah, they weren't <laughs> making a huge big thing to my knowledge about Hero 5, but again, we walked past them. Uh, I must say though that drones hanging from an exhibition stand, not moving or doing anything, look pretty lame. Yeah, that does look so bad. It's like one of those balloons after the party yeah, and it's like hanging well, down. Yeah, the helium's out. and boring. But uh, yeah, they did have the drone there, which has caught a couple of people's eyes. And they were like, oh, that's, that's interesting. I mean, I've only seen pictures and vids, but it looks yeah. sexy. Oh, it's it's pretty clever how they've got the – so it's actually a stabilized gimbal mount that actually you can hold. And okay. then that slides into the drone. So oh. you, you have both a stabilized handheld camera okay. as well as the drone. That's very but, clever. Uh, yeah, we were – when I got back, we actually looked at the GoPro Hero 5 launch video. And I was like, wow, it looks like every other GoPro video I've ever seen ever until you started paying attention to how stable all the shots were and how clear all the shots were. And uh, from that alone, it was just mind-blowing. I mean, it's 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 like a whole new level of of, of camera that they've come out with. They've basically reinvented themselves, which is but I think, cool. Yeah, I mean, I know Keith, your partner. Yeah. Sorry, business partner. Um, I know that <laughs> I just thought it would be clarify that. Um, I mean, he was one of the early pioneers in drones. So I'm drones, sure yeah. with, with the work that you do and, and audio visual and, and all this stuff, stuff so. that's what I'm saying. He yeah. must be quite excited. Oh, yeah, about he's this. keen. He's yeah, really I'm like, sure. yeah, cool. That's okay, I'm buying one. Yeah, yeah, you could go buy your stuff, Brett. I'm buying one of these. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. I can think, actually I see his face come, yeah. in his hands. It's like, okay, I'm already, take, just take my money, I'm done. Well, you hijacked the pipeline meeting text. You just show us the video. We didn't even get to talk about any work. I don't even know how we're going to pay for this yet, but we're just going to get it done. Yeah, no. I yeah. thought of them straight away when I saw the launch. I was like, okay, Keith's buying one of those. All right, so let me go back to VR and AR. Yes. Um, so this was quite interesting. IMAX. Now, the thing about IMAX, for anyone who hasn't seen an IMAX movie, it actually is worth the money. The the, the quality and the, the way they film in 8K or 1,000 gazillion million K, it really is. I, I think so anyway. 
But they reckon by the end of the year they're going to have VR stations now within the IMAX um, theaters. Mm. So you'll you'll either go watch the movie or you can engage VR or you can get like a ticket for both. And they're obviously going to take that content that they've shot and turn them into these VR experiences. And knowing IMAX, the lenses and the headsets are going to be next level. The oh, yeah. sound, I mean, it's, so you're going to you're going to have these like little pods. I assume I didn't see. I, I was looking for pictures or more information, but yeah. it's coming. So we've talked about it, yeah. which is cool. It's futurology. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, it, it it's 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 weird to see how someone's going from the huge screen. It's not even big down to VR. Yeah. You know. So. You know, they're seeing it. They're identifying it. It's pretty cool. I mean, there was, again, there was a lot of VR stuff happening at IBC as well. I mean, the future of broadcasting. Yeah, I can imagine. So there's a lot of guys talking about how do we get from the screen to the, to the glass. And yeah. the, the thing that always crossed my mind was probably just the South African in me. Uh, you're walking past these oaks are connected with their VR. I mean, you could pickpocket them in a heartbeat. I mean, <laughs> well, if people put, play Pokemon Go, they put, not looking they've anywhere. They've put down their, uh, their phones. They've put down their briefcase. They've, they've, some and they've put take, the headset on. Some of them have taken their watch <laughs> off and they've put the friggin' <laughs> headset on and they're, they're having a friggin' whale of a time. And they're there for a while. Yeah. But that's, that's the, the, the first world trust. It's almost like this connected society trying to becoming disconnected. <laughs> That's is, quite funny. I, I I remember the first time also when I went to like you know I was sitting somewhere overseas and you look at an outside restaurant and guys got their phones on the table and their wallets on the table and I'm yeah. like, dude, it's not yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Um, speaking of VR though, Bohemian Rhapsody. Some they've put yeah. together the, a Bohemian Rhapsody experience. Okay. You can stand on stage with Freddie. You can go through his mind and his you journey on that song. You're going man. to space. Scaramouche, scaramouche, when you do the Van Dango and all those good things. Um, I, it, it's, I looked at it. I looked at it through cardboard. I yeah. didn't actually have my, my VR headset with me and it, it, it was quite cool. The music was good. You know, it's like, it's a nice little piece of content. But the real kicker for me, and we spoke about this last week or you and I spoke about the week before, mm. Tim Cook came out and said AR is bigger than VR. Now I've always said that. Okay. So the fact that all Uncle Tim, Kind of said the same thing, cool. Mm. But I thought about it deeper. They bought Mateo, which is the biggest AR developer engine in the world. So they're kind of punting it. So they obviously are. Yeah, they're getting ready for um, it's almost a for self, something. They're trying to. It kind of leads me to think that maybe it's a self fulfilling prophecy. He's kind of leading the way. And Richard Branson used to do it all the time. It was kind of like I'm going to say something and people will believe it because it's me saying it. So Tim Cook stands up on the Apple stage and says, AR is bigger than VR. People yeah. will be like, oh, yeah, Tim Cook said it. So we're going to have shows like this talking about what he but said. But that's how it works. Whether or not eh? it's true. I mean, remember, as you say, Branson did the same thing. That's what makes yeah. these Mavericks who for they sure. are and for what sure. they are. Um, Just on VR, one interesting thing that I saw. There's this company yes. called Pufferfish. 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 Now, yeah. they've been around for a you while. You were in Amsterdam. Were you a Pufferfish? No. No coffee shops. No, but uh, I think there's a certain <laughs> amount of uh, passive uh, passive engagement with you. Gee, like I had a good day today. I don't know why, but yeah. today's going to be a great I day. I was going to kill by a tram, but I'm smiling. <laughs> and then the paranoia kicks in like, damn it, I know that tram is going to come and take me out. <laughs> but Pufferfish, what they've done is they've got these these orbs, these spheres, and they've projected into the spheres. They've basically unwrapped VR the other way around. Since Rather than it being around you, they've unwrapped it. So it's on a 360 sphere. Uh, and then on top of that, they've got shadow tracking. So it's a, in, it's pretty technical, but it's really clever. They've got this globe, and I'll tweet it now so people can see what the heck I'm trying to paint with words. But they've got this globe that's projected on, and then they've got multi-touch shadow tracking with your fingers. So you can literally touch this orb, and you can spin it around and actually engage with the environment that's in front of you. 
which it was just an interesting take on VR. And it was right next to all the VR roller coasters and the That is quite cool. So you're actually making it a touch point. So it's not just a, yeah. a, a visual point. So it's an actual action gauge. VR is now an actual reality rather than augmented or virtual. It's there in front of you and they've unwrapped the 360 environment. Which is nice because if you look at that as a tool, like everyone's Mm. always said for mechanics, for doctors, for people that are working remotely, now they can actually touch. So with the internet of things and the robots and and devices on that side, you know, it won't be long until until we're actually there. It works well with global mapping. Yeah. Yeah, In fact, yeah, that would actually make sense as well. I'll tweet that now. Um, So from Monday... I'm assuming that means this Monday, because we're Wednesday. Yeah, so from Monday, I don't know if you know that um, all the new Twitter changes have come into play. They're not counting your media and handles as, as your characters. 140 characters, which I think is about time, because yeah. I understand the principle and I love the principle of Twitter. I like that quick burst, it's lacquer, you read it, it's done. Yeah. But to penalize me for having a long handle um, or because I've attached a picture as well. So a little bit late to the party, but... At least they finally came. You so, know, you'd rather get there Are they still doing the 10,000 character thing or they killed that? No, no, in, I think they killed that. Office. There are, there have been apps for a while called Tweet Longer and that, that lets mm. you, you know, go into like a bitly type environment, read, read more. But, uh, I'm happy with the fact that media and handles, uh, apparently it's not available already. It kind of is rolling out. So, you know, they'll be updating. We might even get to see the whale again. You remember the whale with the little birds every time Twitter went down? In the early days of Twitter, there was like this whale being carried uh, by I was the birds. A, I was a very late adopter. Okay. I, I, I caught up, but I was a late adopter. <laughs> no, the whale became like famous. It's like the little Twitter bird with ropes carrying this whale as if to say, well, our, load, our servers are overloaded, so <laughs> we're getting on there. Um, okay, now you've just come back from Holland, which is the land of bicycles. Okay, yeah. so this I thought oh, was yes. a futurology, and they don't stop for anybody. No, they you don't. can't hear them coming. Half of them, I know, and, they, and they're everywhere. I almost died twice. So this is a company called Hovding, H-O-V-D-I-N-G, Hovding dot com. Yeah. They've made the world's first bicycle rider airbag. So you don't wear a helmet. This thing sits around your your neck. And they show you the video and the impact, and it's actually bloody impressive. As you bloody. fall, no, there's no, no blood. Okay. It's actually not it's just bloody. Very impressive. Not bloody impressive. It's just impressive. Okay. But as you as you walk, blow your hair back. It, it obviously works on sensors or momentum or something like that. This thing wraps around your head. It puts this whole thing around your head, so you have no head injuries. Far more effective than a. Um, kind of like a helmet, eh? It is like no, but it wraps around your whole head. Apart the helmet sits helmet. on the top. Oh yeah, um, and also. It bounces. Now you look like the Michelin man. That's but all. nobody in Amsterdam wears helmets. I know. It's weird. But then again, they also are a bike culture. There's probably more bikes in our cars oh, yeah. running around the roads where they I'm pretty sure it. there are more bicycles than people. I don't. Some of them are riding themselves. I'm convinced. <laughs> I'm always, I always wonder how they find their freaking bikes. You know, you, you see all those bikes outside. They all look the same. Oh, yeah. And they all just park. Yeah. I wonder if actually they just grab a bike. It was kind there of – There is yeah. a sort of yeah, public policy of just yeah, – You just grab a bike. Yeah. yeah. As long as you brought one in, you could take one out. Um, so I, I just thought that was quite cool as yeah. the way we're going. And then staying with portable and things that blow up and all that, someone's invented a portable micro wind turbine. So lots like, of those in Netherlands as well. What the turbines? Wind turbines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but the, this is like a little gizmo. Yeah. It looks like one of those like stretch fabric banners that we have. Oh, yeah. You put it on a pole, you, you put it up and it starts. So like if you're camping or hiking and you can charge your phone off it or something like that. It's cool. I just thought it was, it, it's like for us. You could run really, really fast. Get the kids something to do and get them to run around the tent. With well, if you're in Cape Town with your mountain, you yeah. know, then you'll, you can you'll power be the cool. neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was, uh, just some of my little things that I, I came across. Oh, 
Uber finally launched their first self-driving car that went in uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. And I was reading some of the, um, what do you call them? Like the journalists, their reports, because they got to sit behind the steering wheel. Yes. And the one guy had an incident. The car in front of him hit his brakes. So the lights came. So he said like his natural instinct was to jump on the brakes, but the car stopped. He said it was very jerky. It was very like, you know when you overbrake? Yes. He said, but the point is it stopped. But the only criticism that he had, and I suppose that's what machine learning is about, and he did say there was a guy with him who sits there just on a computer looking at algorithms, is a car had broken down or had stopped on the shoulder. Yeah. And he had his arm outside signaling like, come round, come round, you know, like yeah. to come past me. The computer didn't know what to do with that. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's a kind of like human learnings that the, the machines still need to… Yeah, I don't know if we're ever going to complete… Luckily, I don't think we're going to replace ourselves anytime soon, but… Yeah. yeah, maybe Singularity not. is coming. <laughs> so I'm going to stay with Uber. Um, yes. I see that. Sorry, I see that they have been regulations on driverless vehicles. They've actually released some actual who in the states. Yeah, there's been some guidelines now and regulations that anybody trying to attempt driverless cars have to start adhering to a certain amount of regulations and rules. Well, that is. Well, that is cool. I, it makes sense though. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Sorry for interrupting. So no, 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 no. So. Um, um, just to stay with Uber, we've had a couple of incidences here over the last week, and I think globally. Um, the bottom, and I, I mean, I was talking about scams and security a bit earlier on. The bottom line is, the app is awesome. It shows you your driver, it gives you his name, it shows you the kind of car he's driving, it shows you the license plate. Mm. Don't be a wally and not use that information. It ha- there was a guy that had an incident last week, whatever, who managed to escape. Um, he got into his Uber, inverted commas, it wasn't an Uber, got around the corner, got nasty. Okay. The point is, if it is the car that you're supposed to be seeing, mm. it's an Uber. If it isn't, don't do it. Now, people are saying, yeah, they're drunk and they're not sure. Well, you know what? If you're that blotted, then you shouldn't even be using an Uber. Then you need a mate to actually get you home. If you're going out to get that broken, yeah. I'm glad you've been responsible on using an Uber. Fantastic. But if you're that blotted, you shouldn't be on your own. You yeah. should You should actually have someone that's less blotted. Yeah. I, that's just my opinion. Yeah. And they've now actually put an emergency button to the app. So the other thing, just as a fail, like as a real backup parachute fail safe, don't turn your phone off when you get into Uber. Don't sit there and look at Facebook and Twitter and everything else. Pay attention to what's yeah. going on and keep the app open. There's now an emergency button. Yeah. So if something goes wrong, you hit the button, they start tracking you. And you can also, don't be dumb. Like before you climb into the car, you can ask them to open the boot just in case they've got like 14 True. mates hanging in the crowbars. 100%. But like all these incidents that we've heard about, yeah. it's not Uber. They weren't Ubers. They were like pretending to be, you know, a whole line of Uber appears at two o'clock in the morning outside a club. It's yeah. very easy. It's like a no-brainer. You look kind of obvious when you're the guy standing with a white screen on at two o'clock in the morning on the side of a yeah. side of the road. I mean, we look like Uber passengers. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, like definitely, uh, don't, don't be a chop. An interesting thing with the Uber rating system. So, you know, we rate the drivers and obviously that all helps their rating system. Yes. Catching Uber in Amsterdam. We were, I was rated. The guys, some guys actually came and picked us up as a preference. We got upgraded from an Uber X to an Uber Black because of my rating. Apparently, I'm rated quite nicely, which is good. Really? Yeah. I obviously, don't know you that well. No, but I, I tried to be on my best behavior once he told me that. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Okay, cool. But yeah. So, Volvo S60 picks you up. You're not going to say no. No, I'm definitely going to say no to that. So, we're going to have a quick <laughs> advert break. Then we're going to come back. But um, yeah, I'll just finish off some stuff before we get our last of our got innovation uh, guests on the line. Excellent. And why is it not playing? I'll try that again. Ghost in the machine. And yeah, I've done it. There we go. Let's try. When you're a CIO in a growing corporate, there's no just taking care of yourself and that's that. 
When you are CIO, people see IT as a cost rather than a strategic investment. But we know you knew that. We know that between the successes and failures, the courage to continue is what counts. We also know that food is on other people's plates because of your job. The courage to grow is business. We've got the advisors, products, and solutions that enable you to do so. MTN Business, a new world of business. And we are back with uh, the Futurology Show mm. and proudly brought to us by MTN Business. So, as you heard, um, Brett, this time or this version of Pokemon Chronicles, oh, you're going to love. Six. No, no, no. You see, <laughs> check. That's why I did a precursor. Okay. So, that's actually a little bit of question and answers for you. Have you had a Philly cheesesteak? Have yes. you seen? Okay. You know what? Courtesy of you, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. So, you know also that yes. is right. Now, there's a, they've opened up in the Lone Hill shopping center. So, um, I go to, I go to the Lone Hill shopping center to go and crush a hoagie. Okay. And sounds awesome. Yeah. Well, you're not going to call it. Okay. So let's just educate the people because I've actually been to, a Phil- today? Yeah, I've been to Philadelphia. <laughs> so if you have a cheesesteak in Philadelphia, it's called a cheesesteak. Yeah. If you eat a f- cheesesteak anywhere outside, you have to call it a hoagie. Okay. The guys here are calling it a Philly cheesesteak because no one knows the, any different. And I must tell you, that I've had th- there's like two famous places in Philadelphia. Okay, there's Pat's and Gino's, and they're literally across the road from each other. I went and ate both at the same time just to see which is better. I preferred Pat's, and the guys here have made one that is exactly like Pat's. I mean, if you're mm. not going to Philadelphia and you want to know what a cheesesteak is, you've got to actually try this out. But before talking about cheesesteaks, because we're talking about Pokemon, so we go to. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting hungry now, guys. If you're listening, send me a cheesesteak with whiz, which means like cheese sauce. So, oh, um, man, crush no, a hoagie with whiz, with whiz, yeah. So, um, Cade was with me, so we go. Are well, we still talking Pokemon? No, no, no. We at Lonel Shopping Center. Okay, now. okay. <laughs> so Cade's with me. We had to go and get something from the Lonel Shopping Center, and um, he said, "Oh, Dad, a lure." You know, he's like playing Pokemon Go. So a lure for those of you that it's don't purple. know, no, no. What it does it, it, it like its name. It, it calls it, it calls it calls Pokemon's themselves. Now in New York, you're not allowed to, if you're a sex offender, you're not allowed to play Pokemon Go. You're not allowed to have the app on your phone because if you drop a lure on your garden, okay. Anyway, so back to this. <laughs> this is a brilliant. So I'm. Um, so now we go hunting this lure because you can see it. It, it like mm. it looks like it has stuff falling on it, like yeah. confetti. So he's walking, you know, like a typical Pokemon Go hunter. He's got his phone in his hand. He's walking. Oh, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. And we get there. And it's this big open area. I don't know if you know the Lonel Shopping Center, but mm. it used to be, um, I think it was, I can't even remember what it was called, but it was like this big wooden deck out there by Volvatella, Volvatella, that so, area. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he's sitting there and we, and he's now waiting for the lure, us and everyone else. And we're waiting, waiting. And I'm like, I'm looking around. I mean, I couldn't give a shit about Pokemon Go. And I look through it at Philly Cheesesteaks and I'm getting hungry, but I'm looking on the screen and I, like, their menus are up on screens, like what yes. Rocco's does in that yeah. as well. And there's a Pokemon logo. Okay. Oh, wow. So I'm looking. Now, Pokemon Go is not in South Africa, not officially. Okay. okay. So, um, you can tell I'm looking at the logo. <laughs> I'm looking at the logo and I'm going, hold on a second. They've actually got a deal. So I like an idiot to open my mouth because I just want to eat. Okay, yeah. go, oh, let's go get it. Let's go get it. So you go there. They are actually dropping the lure. They've dropped this lure. Yeah. So you get there, you see it, you go there and you land up buying food. Now, I know we don't like Pokemon Go. Okay. Mm. But you've got to give these guys kudos. It costs me money just to go and sit there and freaking. Yeah. 
do something else. You know what I mean? So um, there was an interesting though that look, I found out. The nice thing though was I got to have a good child. Yeah, that, that was no. like the the the, the, something the good, good part of it. Sometimes occasionally comes out of Pokemon. So that's what I'm saying. Nice. So we're not going to bash it. There was, it was one at Beer House. It really yes, there's you the, see, the fountain of Beer House. Somebody put a lure in there, and like I only know about this because all of a sudden people were going crazy, and it wasn't about the beer. Okay, so. Yeah, so I thought, guys are getting I, I thought I'd go into, Twitter, into the Twitter sphere and uh, just say, "Hey guys, there happens to be a hashtag lure at, at Beer House Hallways." <laughs> and all of a sudden, you're trending. Come for guy. the Pikachu, stay <laughs> for the beer, and uh, yeah, that place filled up pretty quickly. I don't know if it was all because of me, but I think Pokemon Go had a little bit to do with it. So yeah, well, but I, I don't think you should drunk in Pokemon. I think there should be more responsible Pokemon people out there. <laughs> well, you could be poking mums uh, if it's uh, <laughs> if you're drunk and you're out there. I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing either. So let's see if we have today's guest on the line. So um, our guest today is Sabello. He's actually in, uh, I think it's Port Elizabeth. So he's going to Skype into us. Um, so let's just check if he's actually online. Uh, Sabello, are you there? He's not there. Okay, so we don't have him online yet. Um, basically, I don't know. Maybe we won't be speaking to the sixth and, and final aspiring innovator. But let's see what happens. We'll try to get him back on the line just now. The joys of modern technology. I've still got lots of other things we can talk about, Brett. So let's just see what happens. Cool. So um, I wanted to ask you, well, we know you were away. We kind of yes. mentioned it earlier. Do you want to give us the highlights? What's it called? IBV? IB? IBC. IBC. Yeah, the International Broadcast Conference. So it's okay. held every year in uh, in Amsterdam. And uh, it's it's amazing. It's uh, the okay, and that was five yeah, minutes. Of. It's amazing. No, it's <laughs> it's a premier annual event for for professionals that are engaged in creation and management and delivery of entertainment and news contents worldwide. So basically, if you are anything to do with television broadcast in the world, whether you're a broadcaster, whether you're a camera manufacturer, somebody wanting to stream, and uh, also new and engaging technology in uh, in the broadcast space. There are 55,000 people that attend this conference. There are something like 16,000 um, ex- exhibitors in some way, shape, or form that are doing it. We, we went there. We had 27 meetings in four days. But the type of meeting that you're able to have with all these different peoples in, in, in one place is amazing. Like to, to try and do all those meetings not in one place, you'd, we'd, we'd do it over three months. But- so in terms of generating business, in terms of finding out new tech, everybody's there to show off their ways. And uh, you meet some really amazing guys. And there, there, there's this, there's 15 halls, to give you an idea of the size of this thing. There's 15 halls. halls. You were in Amsterdam. Halls. There's 15 halls. <laughs> yeah. H-A-L-L-S. 15 Hall, halls. Halls, yeah. With, uh, <laughs> with, a, with a different focus in each hall. <laughs> you admit you'd miss me. Yeah. I'm glad you weren't with me, though, in those 15 halls. I think we would have been distracted by everything. That I don't we think we could handle 15 halls, halls at our age, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other discussion we can have just now. Uh, yeah, but yeah, a lot of it was all around IP. Uh, a lot of it was around streaming. Everybody's trying to get their latest streaming device out of there. So, well, that's what I wanted to ask you. So, was it like more of the same, um, or was it was what were the highlights? I, mean, I, I think, like you were there for last, three days or four days. I think last year I wasn't there last year, but the the big thing that came out of it was this IP. Uh, Transmission, so you don't need to do things over analog. Like we've got radio frequency RF cables, and we've got our standard TV connection cables. Now we've got this idea of everything's connected to everything else. It's all IP based. You can put a lot more information through one IP cable than you can through a lot of analog cables. That sounds like the lightning port on the iPhone Seven. It's nothing like the lightning <laughs> port on the iPhone Seven. It's this this one actually works and is available to everybody, oh, and you don't nice. need additional 
adapters for all of it. It comes with adapters, Brett. Oh, they does give it? you, yeah, oh. they give you an adapter for free. You they don't really, have to buy they, it. They, they the listen, to, they listen to our suggestions. But yeah, the idea of it being interoperable. So you can be anywhere in the world. You can have a control center in one air, one piece of the world and have your broadcaster in another and you can actually still run the control. Um, that, so it's, okay, that is cool. It is starting to happen. So this, this, uh, this idea of trying to generate the most value out of uh, the the people's investment is 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 pretty impressive. I think the, most, the rest of it is uh, quite technical after that. Uh, but it was it was really really interesting to see how fiber optic cables are doing more than just connecting people for comms. There's people using it for big big time broadcast sends. Uh, stream was huge. Uh, satellites. I think the satellite guys were worried a little bit. I think a lot of it going to to streaming. Most people are focused on ubiquity, on mobile first. How do we get our content to be engaged by people in their hands, in their phones, with VOD? So that but, was a big thing. But that's not new, though, hey, no, Brett. But, I mean, like, but to see it starting to shake a massive industry, like it's not just one or two broadcasters. Now it's the entire broadcast industry and globally. And uh, the nice thing about it is that everybody, no matter whether you were a camera operator or a software developer or you were just selling storage, Everybody's starting to think this way. Okay. Where is it going? Google were at the International Broadcast Conference. For, okay, now I think that's, they were there two or three times. That's interesting. Oracle, they've always done a lot of – they've got a few things happening in the broadcast space. So they were there. Microsoft had had some presence as well. So there was definitely a lot more IT uh, guys coming through. Uh, so it's which, showing you that it is connected, huh? It is all connected. It very much is connected. And then what it leads back to is it's not so much about how you transmit, but what you transmit. And it's becoming, people are becoming very discerning about what they watch, when they watch. But you've been saying that for the last year. Engaging so, content. I mean, you didn't have thing. to fly all the way to Holland to hear that. You've I got actually to tell a few say- people, which is quite cool. Okay, well, so, that's cool. Yeah. I think a lot of it is the handshakes, the fact that you can meet these people. I mean, we, we were talking to CEOs and MDs and inventors of, of all the technology. And uh, you don't really have access to that kind of people. Even if you do have it on an email, it's it's nice to get some FaceTime with people. But uh, yeah, what a what an amazing experience. Uh, we were it was hell of a busy. Amsterdam does not sleep. No, no. Uh, well, we did get chucked out of a few bars, but at two o'clock in the morning, everybody <laughs> that was at IBC in the afternoon uh, was still there at two o'clock in the morning in in Didam or in uh, the Central Station area, and uh, or the Red Light District. No. Which is weird because that's there's not like warning signs to say that you're in the red light district. You're just walking down some roads and all of a sudden there it is. Brett, there's a window with naked chicks in no, it. No, you're was, in the red light district. Was, you don't need a warning that sign. That was pretty that. evident at some point. But uh, yeah, no, we didn't we didn't actually go on the hunt. But uh, it's better to know than not. Uh, I mean, you walk past that big fountain. I don't even need to describe it. It's big, there and it's a, a fountain, yeah. and it's I think it's Club Rosso Cafe Rosso is the first one. When you see that, you yeah. know you're in the red light district. It's it's yeah. all going wrong from there. Um, I think we have Sabella online. I'm going to try cool. one more time. Let's see if we got him there. Are you there, Sabella? Hi, I'm here. How are you doing? All right, and you, and welcome to the Futurology Show. Cheers. Thank you. How's it? Cool. Well, um, Sabella, you are the sixth of the aspiring innovators from the Gartner Symposium campaign. Um, we've been speaking to everyone for the last what now well six weeks it's number six um for the culmination next week and you have a company called choose app t-u-s-e correct that's correct it's called to say to oh excuse me to say okay as in to say like t-o-o space s-a-y to say because this is all about mobile and voip and all those good things 
Yeah, basically, um, the name came about, uh, we were speaking to a graphic designer and, um, she had told us that you are in French is to say. Turns out it's pronounced to air. So we kind of stuck with the to say thing. Um, and, uh, it's been working out well for us so far. Okay, cool. I actually like that. I mean, that's a nice little story. So, um, if you've listened to any of the shows or before, we, we never ever try and describe what people do because, I mean, we couldn't even pronounce to say properly. So uh, just take us through what to say is all about and, you know, why Gartner obviously have, have included you as, a, as an aspiring innovator. Okay, cool. Um, basically, Toussaint is an inter- enterprise mobility solution. Um, so the app basically allows people to uh, communicate. Um, but what makes us uh, slightly different to probably most other applications that um, we're able to allow people to communicate in places with no signal. So um, we're quite uh, fortunate earlier on this year, we became the first African startup uh, to get invited to uh, be part of the Founder Space Accelerator out in San Francisco. Um, according to Forbes, one of the 10 best um, uh, tech accelerators in Silicon Valley. And um, at the end of that experience, we got uh, pre-seed funding from um, uh, Draper Darkflow, which is Tim Draper's fund for uh, high potential African startups, so uh, being the first South African. No, no, no. Well done, uh, yeah, I mean, that, let's not mess around with the little guys. We go all the way to Durban to get a designer to come up with our name, but we go straight to the yeah, big some, dogs. Some guys got to tell a four in their local bank branch and ask them if they can get a loan. You guys have got to straight to Tim Draper's back pocket. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it, was, it was a lot of fun. We, um, we figured the worst thing that could happen is that they say no. And um, PE is a beautiful place, so we'd come back with our tail between our legs here. <laughs> but so, they didn't. <laughs> No, they didn't, fortunately for us, no. So um, we were quite fortunate. Um, thereafter, we are invited back to San Francisco. I think it was like two weeks uh, after the end of that. Uh, we were invited to the Global Technology Symposium, uh, selected as one of the 10 most disruptive startups in the world right now. Um, wow. Congratulations. That's, that's quite something. Thanks. Yeah. Um, uh, also, um, I found out a couple of days ago, the Silicon Valley Innovation and Entrepreneurship Forum, like a real mouthful, um, selected us as uh, one of the top 30 um, uh, best startups in the world right now. And um, yeah, we, we literally, we, we are all pushing very hard. The previous business we had started, we developed Africa's first solar power tablet PC. So um, we're in the process of erecting a, a manufacturing facility here in Port Elizabeth. And it's all aligned. Absolutely everything we do is, 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 you know, for one strategic end. And we want to make sure that, uh, we bring happiness to those that need it the most. We just call you Sabella Musk, shall we? <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. You know, last week, uh, the big hitters were comparing the size of their rockets, but, uh, here comes Sabella and he's going, stand back, buddy. I'm, I'm really up there on the top. Eh? Yes. Yeah. It sounds very exciting. <laughs> so. I mean, the accolades are impressive. It's, you know, it's not often that people from Africa get to San Francisco and actually come back with, with any form of recognition. You know, we all kind of go there thinking they're waiting for us. And then you see like 30 versions of what it is we're doing. Um, what is the, what's the DNA? I mean, what's the, what's the, the magic source of, of, of Tuesday? What, what is it that it is going to do or does do? Yeah, awesome question. Um, and that's basically what I want to be sharing with everybody at Gartner. Um, we make use of wireless mesh networking um, technology. So let me just stop um, you like there because a lot of people don't actually know what mesh is. So take us through okay. that mechanic first because you're already moving into right. next level um, stuff. <laughs> 
Okay, cool. Um, basically, a mesh network exists um, when uh, a system of nodes, so a whole bunch of um, receivers and transmitters in a particular, say, range, if you will, um, allow signals uh, or messages, if you will, data packets to um, hop between them. So just a perfect example to, to explain this is that when we started, when we first did the application, we had the mesh networking in the app. So would uh, when anybody downloaded the app, their phone would essentially become a part of the network. So you wouldn't need any other infrastructure. You just needed the phone and um, all data packets were sent and received using the phone as um, uh, a conduit for communication, if you will. So we have since changed that. We've decided to make use of dedicated mesh hardware um, where data packets are sent through from node to node um, over some very vast distances without the need for traditional telco infrastructure. Um, and I think, yeah, just the potential that the company has is what um, has interested a number of people. And, um, yeah, gosh, the sleepless nights never hurt anyone either. <laughs> now, I mean, that that all sounds very awesome. Uh, the first question that, that always comes up is, you know, how do our data systems or infrastructure systems affect you know as in hinder or hamper your your you know your rollout per se well actually everything right now is all to the good i mean um i saw gareth um out in parliament with tibo touch yesterday yeah. Um, yeah, that's why i'm kind of going there i mean it's, it's quite a contentious <laughs> issue at the moment in, in fact it's it's absolutely fantastic because um in a mesh network there'll be a hundred and one nodes or let's say any number of nodes um, if one of those nodes then get access to outside internet, then everybody within that location can not only just um, communicate with each other, but they can then have access to the internet at large. So all these um, uh, initiatives to get uh, people in, uh, connected really just help our cause. It's um, such that, you know, you have very, very interesting situations, say, for instance, in a mine, where, you know, you wouldn't exactly call up Telcom and say, hey, dudes, they sort out some ADSL. Um, we would then be able to come in and um, sort out connectivity uh, in situations like that. So it's highly portable, highly flexible, and um, it, it, it can work in, in a capacity similar to a wide area network. It sounds amazing. It sounds too good to be true, but it sounds amazing. Okay. How does How does it work with regulators. I mean, you've got all these different telcos all vying for everybody's access to their data, trying to sell them their data bundles, which is what we're trying to fight. Uh, but how does it work if I'm on MTN and I've got a hundred and a hundred people around me all in different networks? Does it, is it internetwork? Yeah, that was a question I was also going to jump in on is how do you, how do you yeah. offload or, or load rather? Yeah, basically it's, it's, it's network agnostic. Um, the application itself, let's say for instance, you're in a place where, you know, you do have access to the internet. It would make use of that internet connection you have, be it Wi-Fi or data. But what we've, we then did, we took the next step and said, okay, in places where there isn't, um, infrastructure would come in and put in this hardware and the hardware operates, um, on the 2.4 and um, 4.8 uh, uh, spectrums, which I'm sure if there are any networking folks listening um, uh, would realize very quickly is that they are um, uh, license-free 
uh, bands. That's what we use so, for Wi-Fi remember, at home, isn't it? I mean, if you look at your dual dual two, routers, it's two point four, yeah. and they always say five, but it's a uh, four point eight. That's it. Okay, so that's it. I mean, I, I remember coming across a thing called FON, F O N, which um, I think Mware brought to South Africa, but it's a global company that that lets you donate. I'm doing inverted commas, ten percent of your bandwidth, whatever that form is. And in return, as you could use other people's like fun networks, like creating an always-on type environment everywhere where fun is. Am I understanding correctly that that you guys are kind of doing the same thing, but obviously now with mobile devices? Yeah, um, it, it, it's not so much no. a bartering. <laughs> you don't have yeah. to agree with me. I'm just asking a question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, um, they, as far as their business model is completely different, um, ours is such that we create, um, for all intents and purposes, uh, a Wi-Fi instance in places where there isn't Wi-Fi. Um, and what we've since done, uh, we've been speaking a lot with um, uh, some mobile operators. I think I, I, I won't be allowed to say which ones yet, yeah. um, to make sure that their partnerships enabled because... Um, when we have that uh, sort of Wi-Fi instance, that wireless mesh networking um, infrastructure set up in a particular place, um, the way we get that area connected to the outside internet is uh, primarily through a backhaul link. So those over-the-air P2P uh, uh, um, links would then help us get that particular area into um, uh, into the actual internet uh, as a whole. So it's not necessarily such that we're trying to, you know, um, act as uh, go-betweens for the, the telcos, but we're offering people um, uh, an alternative to actually communicating within rural areas um, or closed networks, as is the case very often. Let, let me dumb it down a little bit because, I mean, this is high-tech. Just mesh technology is high-tech. I mean, there's various ways of setting up these different types of networks. I always ask what the commercial model is. You've got someone that's looking at uh, investing in from a VC point of view, He's asked what the commercial model is. Now, you said that it's a different model to FON and you're looking at maybe different networks. Um, given the fact that, one, data is expensive in South Africa for now. And two, not always accessible. And that, that's what I was about yeah. to say, not always accessible. And even when it is, more often than not, we get to 3G if we're lucky. I mean, the phone might say LTE or 4G, but let's be honest, it isn't. How does that act as, a, as, as an Achilles heel in what you're doing, or does your system actually try and look at load balancing and, and move us past that? Yeah, basically, um, the monetization uh, from our side is not so much in setting up the infrastructure. Of course, there will be a capex um, when that is done, uh, if there's a need for that. Um, but then we actually make money from um, the enterprise mobility application because what we've done with our app is that we've made it such that um, it's primarily targeted at the enterprise and um, every phone call and video call that is done through it um, can be recorded. So one can argue that there is, um, you know, Skype that that does that and, you know, they also do the Skype out, etc. But then we come in and say, okay, yes, um, you know, we'll be able to do almost identical uh, uh, sort of functions but in places where there's no uh, signal would come in with that infrastructure that we install so i i do hope i answered your question but I, um, I think if you I did and i think i think maybe what i probably hadn't picked up on is the fact that this is obviously more enterprise focused as opposed to you know you and me as two mates just trying to use a, a mesh network or a shared network would that be a, a more accurate description 
that this is designed purely so. for. So we'd probably take things like bring your own device into consideration. I could come to work with my phone. You've got your phone. Brett's got his phone. All of us could talk on the same network, but there is some form of control that to say would do for us, correct? That's correct, yes. Okay, so um, I I wanted to actually find the app now, just you know, just to play. Is the app available, or is it because it's only enterprise? It's it's provided. How do what's it? You know, how do we move forward? Let's say I want to use this in my company. I've got an office in Durban, an office in Cape Town, and I have a need to record my my calls and my video calls. What what's the next step? I reach out to you, and what happens from there? Yeah, basically, um, at present, at first we actually had it on the, um, uh, um, Play Store, um, and then we also had it, uh, we we're actually applying rather for the Google for work. But we sat down and realized that, um, ultimately, there have to be actual deployments where we sit down and say, okay, um, on a case-by-case basis, will we have it such that it's cloud infrastructure or would we go into a place and, um, you know, uh, install it into a particular server instance? So we found that, um, much as it would have been a lot easier to scale um, with the application on, 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 on um, these uh uh, stores, um, it's much more practical for us as a smaller company right now to install on a case-by-case basis. We want to make sure we have a consistency in the brand experience um, so early on, um, and we want to make sure that we control that um, as much as possible as far as being able to meet the needs of our uh, existing and you know new customers. When we do get small capacity and we can say, okay, we've got offices um, strategically in, say, Cape Town, another one in Durban, another one in Joburg, um, then we'll be able to put it up on the store and then say, hey, guys, you know, should you have any problem, this is the number to call, which is closest to you, and, you know, uh, your, your needs will be best met that way. All right, cool. Unfortunately, um, this hour goes very quickly, and, uh, you know, we just had a, we had a little bit of a technical glitch getting on, so I'll be down next week at the symposium, and uh, I'll definitely catch up with you there because uh, there's probably one or two more questions I would have thought of when I put the phone down. Uh, but, yeah, congratulations again. Yeah, well done, man. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's not, not uh, a small feat or achievement to, to have gotten to recognize you and uh, definitely going over to, to silicone and getting those accolades as well. Just to quickly um, wind it up, where do, where do people get hold of you? What's the web address or the Twitter handle or what, how do we get hold of you? Yeah, basically, uh, you can get a hold of uh, us on tusayapp.com. That's T-U-S-E-A-P-P.com. And um, people usually get uh, uh, get in touch with me directly, um, uh, which is sabelo, S-A-B-E-L-O, at tusayapp.com. So, yeah, I'm relatively open to all kinds of emails, so it's all smart. Right, fantastic. Well, thanks for, for making the time available. Enjoy the rest of your day down there in PE. Uh, Brett, we got to wrap it up. Thought of the day, or you jet lagged, or we no, got something? No, it's all good. Um, <laughs> it's so all good. <laughs> one of the things uh, w- that's coming up with the the future of television and content, and looking at data and all the the access points for for people these days, uh, we're, we're moving into what is called the age of experience, where experience becomes key rather than the content. Uh, but ultimately, none of that matters if we don't have data connectivity. So things like Tuse are actually providing things like that to a wide variety of people, no matter how what the sort of accessibility points are. It's huge that we're enabling that type of access. But we'll start to see that when data falls and there's no longer the barrier to entry, that content will take its rightful place and pushing experience into people's lives. Nice one. So I think the age of experience is definitely something to, it's a it's a catchphrase to, to, to keep on. I think we've been talking about the age of innovation for a while. Yep. Uh, I think 
the age of experience seems to be sort of the logical next step. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how that works. Awesome. So, Bello, thank you. And see you next week. And uh, Brett, yeah, thanks a lot. No problem. Chat to you soon. Cheers, guys. Uh, as always, happy uh, to say proudly brought to you by MTN Business. And until next time, keep your screens clean and your knobs shiny. Cliffcentral.com.